Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. I'm Conrad Francis, and we are at 100 episodes. And so what we thought we might do is um, replay some of our favourites over the next few weeks. Uh, the one I'm introducing today is How to Master Your Emotions. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Hello. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. My name is Justin Bourne, and today I'm your host. I'm accompanied by my esteemed fellows... Uh, Esteemed is going a bit far. <laughs> heard you used to scrub you, Trevor Sater. That's a good word. I think it was even used correctly. <laughs> Considering uh, the start of getting this episode going, uh, as you can all hear, uh, we're welcomed by everyone. Full house today. I, to my right, have Hato. Oh, hey, hey. The infamous Kanye. G'day. And um, Magic Matt J. Hannum. I love uh, how this Magic Matt Hannum stuck. I know, you it's love it, right? fantastic. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful magic. <laughs> like, every time I hear it or say it, I just think of, um, you know, that Channing Tatum uh, dance movie. I just want to get uh, a poll in here. Right. Mike XXL or something, was yeah. it? He's getting there. He's getting there. Um, in today's episode, uh, which has been inspired by recent events and uh, podcast shared by uh, Conrad, um, podcast from Tony Robbins on emotion, uh, we're going to have a bit of a chin wag on what is emotional fitness, how to train it, and the power of reframing to help you master your emotions to live a more empowered life. Uh, I've... Really been loving these two mantras lately, which we're going to delve into today, um, which is uh, change the way you look at things and the things you look at changed. Uh, we dropped this one. I bust out some Sanskrit. <laughs> on the re- oh, on a reason I'd love to hear him speak Sanskrit, mate. <laughs> and uh, the idea that everything's happening for you and not to you. Um, before we get into it, though, to introduce the, the drink, I was in uh, Bali recently just for a little uh, weekend getaway, so I thought I would uh, go on a bit of a scout and bring some some bintang. So we have some bintang in Australia, which apparently uh, tastes terrible. Where oh this my side God, of it's terrible. We had shit wine last episode and <laughs> shit beer this time, so what Cheers. Cheers, gents. If you change the way you look at this. (laughs) Can you change the way you look at this? It's happening for us, not to us. I'm going to bring some of my homebrew in, mate. I'm going to really kill you guys. This does taste really good in Your homebrew is probably tap water. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. If it's it's a race to the bottom, I'm going to win. So how do you like the the drink, Conrad? Shit. (laughs) Is that what you really think? (laughs) Give me back the fucking Oyster Bay at this, this rate, mate. <laughs> Which one do you prefer? Of the two, that at the moment, this is like cat's piss. I don't know how anyone drinks this shit, let alone wears those stupid fucking singlets. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone this many episodes. I thought it was a bit overdue. Well, we're, have we're you from got Perth. one, JB? We could get a singlet. Give him one. I probably do have one stashed away, actually. You, did you buy yeah. one of those things? Surely you don't buy them. Just give oh, them I, I have the <laughs> yeah. They're on the table on the uh, customs. One. Your old man would wear a big tank singlet. Yeah, he's probably got a few. Yeah, he's probably got a collection. Yeah, my daughter My daughter went to Bali when she my was like 13 or 14 and came back wearing a big tank singlet. I said, what the hell? 
The Seriously, daughter. We do have an episode on uh, judgment that you can refer back to. <laughs> the, the first time I bought a Bing Tang singlet, I got scalped for like $35 per singlet. It was. Are you kidding really? me? Yeah, yeah. I was a terrible bargainer back then. And uh, I got <laughs> I got absolutely taken taken for a ride. I would pay 35 bucks for a beer I actually did like. It is, no, no, no. The singlet. The singlet. Was he going by gut fill there oh, or what? Oh, fuck. That was, um, <laughs> did they close the shop? No, and there certainly wasn't his brain. <laughs> and I bought three of them. Oh All right, hundred bucks from three bin tanks. Yeah. Fucking put them in the wash. When you found out, what destroyed. was what was your emotional response to that? Um, I chugged a few bin tanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed. All right, emotional fitness. Um, so look, over the last couple of years, uh, this is something that I have been working on uh, on and off, and I feel like the last few months it's something that's kind of really come uh, to fruition, and I, I think it's a practice that you, you do need to work on. Um, but inspired by the episode from Tony Robbins, which is a part of a, a series that they're doing on human gifts, so they're going through a series of uh, human gifts, so I believe like emotion, gratitude, um, uh, Sorry, I don't know, gift. the other gift, not, not give, not gif, right. not gif, gifts. Um, and the first one they start off with is uh, human uh, emotion. Tony does lead in to believe that um, a human emotion. He believes human emotion is the most powerful force uh, on earth, which we'll we'll get to. Um, but this particular episode, it's only thirty minutes long, and it's broken up into like three or four short stories of people sharing their experience. It is a little bit case study for Tony Robbins' day with destinies um but there are great nuggets and gold in there so when you get past the judgments uh it's really good the particular episode touches on um a couple people who have cancer and how they've reframed uh their cancer to live a more happy and rewarding life um and you know, the first part of the podcast, Tony goes on to talk about how a lot of us are emotionally unfit um, and that there is a difference between emotional intelligence and emotional fitness. Uh, he defines kind of emotional fitness as our ability to master our, our emotions um, and it's one of the biggest tools that we can use to have a happier and a more empowered um, life. And I thought the idea of emotional fitness versus intelligence was super um, interesting interesting. And through our brekkie group and the network and the proximity that we have, very lucky to be exposed to being reminded in tough situations, um, you know, the idea of reframing of, you know, how is this happening uh, for you? Um, and that is really powerful to help you get out of uh, your shit, um, to acknowledge it and move forward. So before I touch on a few other things, um, I would just like to get everyone's thoughts on, um, I guess, Tony's statement that um, most of us are emotionally unfit and what are our thoughts around emotional fitness? Do we agree with that? Emphatically. <laughs> yeah, look, I think you're probably emotionally unfit. Yeah? What does that mean uh, to you? Did you say you're emotionally unfit? <laughs> no, I said he is. Oh, yeah, well, he, well, he, well, clear, he clearly <laughs> is, obviously. That's why I'm bringing it up. No, emphatically, we, we. I mean, no, nobody gets taught how to manage your emotional state. We don't like conflict. We so. actually, we we actually get taught the inverse. We actually get taught that things happen to us, which you know, you know completely can, um, goes against taking responsibility. Well, that's a, a real victim mindset, isn't it? Yep, yep. And you can't create out of that space. 
That was a great episode. Yeah, see you later. And we're done. <laughs> On that, just uh, like us, subscribe. <laughs> no, do, you, do you think the, possibly the, it's time to give up that joke? Like, no. like, I think we've, no, I, I've been like very the, guilty. Just like the wine joke. The people will speak. Yeah, the people will speak. If, if you're still listening. <laughs> you cannot control everything that happens in your life, but you can control the meaning you attach to these events. I like that statement. You do? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives it gives you the opportunity to reassess the situation as opposed to what you would naturally allow it to do to you. Well, I think that's one of the biggest learnings um, that I've taken away in the last few months and it's really solidified is that um, we as an individual apply the meaning of any situation that is happening, small, micro, large, of any scale uh, of what's happening. And depending on where you're at and where your headspace is at, you're drawing that meaning either from um, you know your, your past experiences and a reference point to contextualize it. And so even just by knowing the fact that you're applying that meaning can give you the power in some respects, quotation, to simply apply a new meaning to the situation. And we've talked about it, and it's it's in philosophy, right? We, you know, in Stoicism that we don't talk too much about recently of that. Everything is just a situation. There's no good or bad. But that's the formula that he's got. The formula for a complex, for the complex cycle of meaning is meaning equals emotion equals life. Now, most people go the other way. They go emotion equals meaning equals life. Um, and so they use the wrong precursor. Okay, so to, to front it with meaning, which means you have to know the definition of what you're defining um, from an emotional perspective to allow the action and the outcome to become what they need to be. Yeah, and so, you know, I think, um, you know, further to that though, something that's um, shown up and there was kind of an article that I, that I found and I'd like to just kind of uh, debate it a little bit, which is, some people say, well, surely not everything's happening for, for a reason um, and that that's a little bit woo-woo and a little bit kind of like particularly people who are stuck in uh, particular mindsets. So what, what would you say to people who are against this, the idea everything's happening uh, for you? Well, I think the, the precursor to understanding that, uh, and I actually only had this conversation this morning um, is that I'm very, very much of the belief that for that statement to have any credibility, you have to have a reason why or a vision of why uh, why you exist. To then you'll start to see, and if you overlay your vision, then you'll start to see why things happen for you, not to you. Now, without a vision, everything's happening to you now um, because you've got nothing else to frame it with. So there's a, there's a saying, you know, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. And I think that's exactly what it's talking to. It's, it's okay, well, fine, why do you show up? Why do you have a business? Why, do you, why are you in that relationship? Why do you play that sport? You know, everything has a reason. Um, and when you understand the reason, to, uh, the reason that supports the why, then the things that happen um, will, will become opportunistic as opposed to um, reactive and pessimistic. It's it's quite it's quite powerful um, to to practice this. I, I definitely feel it's it's something that's easier said than than done. Um, yep. Mastering, which is why I like the the terminology that Tony uses, which is emotional emotional fitness. Because like with any fitness or with any training, you've got to continually practice it. And I think we even um, Matt and I were talking about this. Yeah, again, similarly, just this morning around um, some of the tools that we've learned recently where, 
you know, I think Matt, you had a really good analogy of it, of akinning it to like being shown how to shoot a basketball. Cause you know, that's, that's what came to mind, but it's on you and your responsibility to go away and practice shooting that, um, that basketball, um, as much as you can, uh, to, to, to master it. And I think surrounding yourself with, with good people, uh, is important because we all have Tony, what talks about is we all have an emotional home. So we all have a place or an emotion that we all kind of go back to. Um, and mine is typically frustration um, where, you know, if things aren't going a particular way, we'll go to fr- frustration. Um, and it's hard to then get out of that unless you've either got people around you or you cultivate the experience and the fitness to pull yourself out quickly, which is through self-awareness. So what is your emotional home? Um, I'm going to go, Hato, what's your emotional home? Control and anger. I, um, yeah, when... Is that I, your flavour of suffering? What's that? Is that yeah. your flavour of suffering? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll probably go to anger. If um, something's not going my way or I get really sort of... Not frustrated as much, I get... Not violent either. <laughs> you know, we go crack skulls, but... um. Yeah, if it's <laughs> scratch trees till sap comes out. Oh, he does. What the hell was that? <laughs> Scratching trees. I'll never do that again. <laughs> um, so uh, anger uh, ripping bark and control. Off. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, is what I default. So that's something that I uh, strongly work on to, um, you know, not default back to. And has that consumed you a lot in the past? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so anger, control, how does control work? Or do you just mean it's anger because there's lack of control? Or uh, Yeah, more yeah. so. Yeah, because uh, control is a major aspect in something that I have to deal with and, and not allowing myself to crave control at all times. And then a lot of the time if I don't get control, then that turns into anger because that's how I'm, I'll manipulate a situation to gain back control. Um, so that's, yeah, but I'm probably emotional home. Yeah. And how, and how, um, have you, well, how do you currently, cause I know you've done a lot of work as well. How do you currently kind of manage that? It's, um, I try not to, um, uh, react instinctively, uh, firstly, because that will take me straight back to my emotional home. Um, I try to allow myself, um, to have a certain amount of space for a short amount of time and then really reflect back on, well, how am I, how am I going to deal with this situation? And then, and then move forward. Um, because if I, if I look at the situation of what's happening to me, quotations, um, and I instinctively make the, the choice of how I'm going to act, it will be generally in that, that form. Um, so I have to go back, yeah, whether if journal talk talk to myself about it, talk to someone else about it, and then instinctively go from there. So you try to really acknowledge uh, what's causing the the emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And go kind of head in, in into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, well Tony will tell you that um, any reaction generally comes from one of the six human needs that he talks about. Um, so there's six human needs that he's talking about. The four primal needs being certainty. Uh, uncertainty, variety, uh, significance, and connection, love, and then you've got your two spiritual needs being growth and contr- contribution. Um, so that's so he 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 says that to understand yourself, you need to understand what's the 
what's the trigger for the emotion versus uh, then the action that comes from that emotional state. Sorry, say that again. They just that last one. So everything comes from one of those six regions. Yeah. Um, and then once you understand where it's coming from or where it's originating, then you can reframe it or look at it again yeah. and and redirect the the action, uh, yeah. the emotion and the action. Because yeah. if you don't know the origin, how can you uh, impact it to go? Well, you can't go direction. deep enough. Yeah. You, you can you can impact it at a very surface level. Yeah. Um, and like I said, a lot of people will change jobs, change relationships, you know, change friendship groups, change what they eat, but they won't go deep enough to the trigger as to why. Um, and that's what I'm thinking. You know, you've always got to get to that point. What's your emotional home, Conrad? Uh, it's probably frustration. I do that to myself probably several times a day. <laughs> yeah. 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 And what's your kind of process to to manage that? Um, I mean, usually I'm I'm very mindful of that situation now and I tend to uh, manage it better than what I ever have. Um, so, all, I mean, I mean I've, I've even pulled, I've even dissected my sleep, my exercise, my, my, my diet, I've, all of the other things I've had a look at. So why are you sleeping in a sleeping bag? I'm not in a sleeping bag at the moment because it's summer. Um, <laughs> but, you can but just get one of those like thinner ones. You can, but I don't want to spend the money. Um, it's a giant latex thing or something. <laughs> I swear to God, these mics are going to end up somewhere in a minute. Are you getting, frustra- if, are you getting if the, frustrated? If the voices sound muffled, <laughs> it's because they've been used properly. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's, it's, I've tried, I do a lot of things. So I do a lot of things to try and alleviate my, my, my predisposition of becoming frustrated too quickly. Can you give me an example, um, whether it's recent or a big moment in your life of, of kind of where you've used, uh, you know, you, you started out thinking, Fuck, you know, why does this keep happening to me or why is that? And, um, you know, kind of reframed it and uh, oh, shit, man. I mean, look, looked at it, just some of, some anything. Of, some of the biggest changes in my life came from a reframing. Um, you know, I think back in 2009 when I had a, a massive issue where the concrete truck exploded right next to my house and, um, the accident could have hurt me seriously um, or even potentially killed me. Um, and I just sat there and I, you know, I, you know, I came to the conclusion that I have to stop allowing things to happen to me. Uh, and I had, and I, I actually said it then, you know, things that things that have got to be happening for me. And I'd started playing it back then as to what's happening and why is it happening? Um, you know, there's, there's probably plenty of micro is, uh, issues uh, other than that big macro one. But um Again, when you, when you know why you show up, it becomes easier to to serve the situation or allow the situation to serve yourself. Um, and that's the thing. It's like when you're when you're showing up for the wrong reason. Um, and I think you know the four of us have done enough work now with uh, with William. We talk about where the power is. Um, when the power's external, it can't show up for you. When the powers, when you have the power, um, then things are showing up for you. So, so that event in particular. Um that's quite a serious external event that you had no control yeah. uh, over. Um, this is common in a lot of people's lives and they will fall victim to these external um, uh, events. So w- what was the, the meaning or the this is happening for me outcome that you came to um, yeah conclusion on in this particular event? Well, that year was pretty was a pretty powerful year. I lost my dad that year and, um, and you know, I had a relationship breakdown that year and then I had that happen to me. Um, and a couple of weeks on from that point, I was going to spend three or four weeks with my daughter over in Sydney and I needed to get myself to a position where I was in a, in a better headspace. 
So in, immediately that was my motivation is to get myself in a better headspace because, I mean, if you guys ever saw photos from that day, seriously, I mean, the car was, was, was demolished, didn't get it back for three months. Um, the front of the house needed to be partly rebuilt. Um, and if I'd been standing or sitting in the car, then, you know, something would have happened to me that would have been seriously uh, impacted me. Um, but not saying, not with saying that, I mean, I could take you back to an event even back in my mid-20s, again, just post another relationship breakdown. Uh, sorry, I was in the middle of a relationship breakdown in the, in the courts um, to fight to see my daughter. Um, and I fell asleep at the wheel and wrote my car off in, a, in an intersection. Actually, you guys know it quite well, the Hutton Street, Main Street intersection. Um, I wrote my car from that intersection. Um, and I pulled up, and so I passed out, hit the set of traffic lights, and the car stopped at the traffic lights. It was written off. Um, but if I'd gotten through those, those, that intersection, God knows what would happen. Um, you know, so I had plenty of opportunities in my life to sit there and think about, you know, things happening for me, not to me, but it just happened to be that, that situation in December, 2009, that, that I think I grabbed a hold onto and I haven't let go of. As in that, um, the, the meaning that you got out of it was that you had to kind of just wake up like that. Yeah, was stop playing of, the victim. Yeah, stop yeah. playing the victim. So giving, you use giving that, the power to other people. Use that external to then end up flipping it to be like, you know, I've got to take the power back in, yeah. in my life, regardless yep. of these external yep. events yep. that and keep, keep, seem very, to keep happening for me, yeah. which is what a lot of people think that, oh, th- why me? Why does this keep happening for yeah. me? Which is well, very it just happened recently. I mean, you talk about me not coaching at the moment, you know, but it was. It was was somewhat out of my control, but um, I say that, but I, I completely know it was in my control. Um, and then the opportunities that have presented themselves since then, um, again, because I've kept an optimistic outlook and had op- optimistic conversations, things happened for me, not to me. Didn't preclude the conversations I needed to have with the people that partook in the, in, in the decision-making, uh, but I kept very open-minded and, you know, there's some, some exciting things happening around me at the moment in that, in that space with the time I've got given back. Um, so, again, it's, it's one of those, you know, it's another example of not playing the victim. I find it really fascinating when you apply that statement to a situation, how quickly uh, over practice you can. I don't think you tr- the idea of, um, you know, trying to be optimistic or positive mindset, that's not what any of this is saying. I think you want to acknowledge the emotion of what's going on, but the ability to rebound back to a positive and... Um, what's cr- the opposite? So you say optimistic or pessimistic, right? It's, it's the opportun- cr- opportunistic because if you don't see the see what's happening for you, you can't claim the opportunity. Correct. That's kind of where I'm going of like to allow you to rebound back to your creator state to be able to see what's actually playing out yeah. um, for you yeah. rather than dwelling on that, which will only feed your emotional home and feed those emotions um, and won't allow – because, again, your focus creates your reality. It's not going to allow you to keep moving forward to your vision. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, yeah, the ability to rebound back after, um, you know, these perceived blows. Um, and I actually – I think you can get the biggest lessons for your life by reframing a lot of these things, and because we dwell on on stuff. Well, um, well Trev and I had a, a conversation lot. today, even just in relation to or pertaining to your decision to to um, to not play. You, you've play basketball. You've retired now, haven't you? I've retired. I'm just not playing this year. Okay. <laughs> Um, Let's what, clarify the language. Well, language is I thought you retired. Yeah, so, so did I. But anyway, okay. So he's not playing basketball this year. But yeah, you, know, you were talking about. Um, that you that you potentially um, may not grow as a basketballer, but you know, like I said to you, you know what you've learned through basketball, and you if you apply that to life, then you're the winner, regardless. Um, 
Absolutely. I think that's. I think that's what we forget. We forget to to attach the continuum to things. We think of things very in 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 their um, in their what's it, in the silo that they occur in, as opposed to the impact they have across your life. Um, and sometimes we take the impact across our life. You know, we, we allow the silo to be negative, and then we allow that to to permeate our life, as opposed to okay, well, let's. That whilst that situation is negative, it doesn't necessarily need to impact our life negatively. What can we learn to allow it to impact our lives positively? Well, I think that leads into greatly into the power of gratitude and, and appreciation and how quickly we look at to, to lack and to, to look all to the evidence to support the, the victim mindset or the situation uh, or, or the problem rather than appreciating because really to get the maximum power of even the idea of um, why you know everything's happening for you, you have to have gratitude and appreciation. Right? 100%, exactly right. But you've also got to understand the language you're using because the language that you're using allows you to feel a certain way um, and language is so important when you're trying to reframe things and look for the opportunities that they, that are presented, as opposed to the the things that it's taken away. Um, you know, and I think it's really interesting how we, you know, there's four people in this room, and, and there's what fifteen people in our, in our immediate impact circle from our breakfast club, and then obviously our, our greater businesses. You know, there's there's a, there's a ton of different definitions being thrown around for one single word. So, <clears throat> so it's really interesting to whenever you're speaking to something is to check the language you're using. Um, now, even this happening for you, not to you scenario, it's okay, we'll find, again, for, for to allow yourself to be in that space, you've got to allow yourself to adopt the mentality of a why or, or a vision or an existence. Um, if you don't value that or you don't have that, then it's next to impossible to, to, to see the, the, the benefits or the opportunities. Just to see, see the lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and next to impossible. And you'll keep keep making the same yeah and, you, and you'll burn time it'll cost you money and you might burn some friendships you might lose lose people along the way you will i have mm. that's what i find interesting is uh you know it may be different things that happening to you but it's a very similar lesson uh a lot of the time it's I always find that, fucking similar lessons mate. You know, i mean until you learn it. yeah until you learn it that's yeah. what i found yeah, but really. then it doesn't change and then, and then it tests you again yeah. because i said this to, to, to marco the other day and i'll say to people like I, I use an example when i when i talk to people I just write, you know, I just draw on a whiteboard uh, a staircase um, pointing upwards and, you know, you do the work, you climb the step, you enjoy the moment, you do the work, climb the step. So, But the work people do tends to be very superficial on the landing than they're on. The work that needs to be done is depth. And depending upon where you are on that stairwell is equidistant to the fucking depth you've got to do. So when you're here, you do that much depth. The next run up, you do that much depth. And the inner work is so fucking important. The inner work, and you're up there. You're doing that much fucking work. You know that. That's why you see the go, the gurus and the yogis and those guys reach enlightenment because their their arch, internal architecture is fucking deep, man. You're not going to move them, and so the higher you climb, the distance for the for the depth has to be fucking deep. Has to be. And if you haven't learnt the lessons along the way, the, the, even in relationship to the depth, the consequence of not learning that starts to exponentially increase. So don't, so don't learn the lesson, and the and the, the teaching tool is is the is the from from what my experience is, the teaching tool is the gap between where you're at and the lack of work you've done on your on your inner work. All right. That which, which can be the bigger the consequence. Well, massive, the, massive. The, I'll, I'll, I'll turn around and tell you now. Back to that. Not lost my dad. I lost my dad because I didn't understand the value of him. That's that's my truth. Right? That may not be my mum's truth or my sister's truth or my brother's truth. That's my truth. 
right? And every day I honour the fact that why he exists on this planet was to show me how to succeed. And, and um, you know, to kind of echo off that and even a little bit of what Hato was saying, in the podcast um, episode, you know, it goes on to say, which we've learned as well, like the your perception of how things are playing out is just your perception, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one lens of a thousand different lenses. And the idea that your problem is unique to you is actually a, you know, it's a lie. Because we've all experienced throughout the history of all of human existence, someone has had that that problem or that situation somewhere at some point. Um, and that can be quite liberating to some degree because then you have the choice to be able to make um, a decision moving forward on how you want to apply the meaning of that situation to your life. Um, because as we know, it's just the meaning that you're applying to it. Whether a yeah. client is being annoying your meaning to that client being annoying um, is causing all the emotional bullshit that you're dealing with uh, right now. Not the client. They're not causing you that emotion because so, it's, it's, it's you. So Tony goes on to say change your meaning and you change the emotion. But the reverse also is true, right, um, which is change your emotion and you'll change your meaning. But you've got to be aware. Do you you got to you ask yourself? Do you want to capable continue? right? I mean, you got to you got to practice to make that happen. Sure, I mean, then no matter how big or whatever the situation is, there'll always be some form of polarity. But that you know, and the the opposite to it, which you could, but you have to, you know, you can you can do. Well, I find I do that much quicker now, and I can quickly. And you'll get quicker like, again. Get the awareness, in a year's time, you'll get make the again. adjustment. All right, what you know? How is it asking those questions? I mean, I'm pretty sure you'll I, start to see shit though, right? Yeah, but the first time I. So I agreed. But first time I asked myself, how is it serving me? I like, fucking, fucking isn't serving me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but the first time, like, when you first sort of try and go through that process, like it's hard to see because you've never, you've never looked at that polarity. Because that's like, your fucking ego, mate. You know, when you learn to science your ego, then you'll figure out how to fucking answer that question. Well, well another great question to add to this. That's, that's the difference. No, no, but going off the polarity piece where you're going as well, um, there was, there's another guy, David, David Bayer, who's got some good videos on YouTube, real small ones. Um, not Paul Chapman. Not Paul Chapman. Not David Chapman. <laughs> Tracy not, Chapman. Not I'm David Chapman. Not David Chapman. Not David Chapman. His technique of the polarity, which is actually similar to what we've been practicing through a process called conflict resolution, which um, is taking a bit of time um, for us. But You mean it's not original? No, it's not original. <laughs> it all existed, right? But is if this part can be true, the negative part, what is the opposite of this situation that could be true? Yeah, that, that, that theory is called transition of opposites. Yeah, and that is the polarity piece, which piece. can be powerful to, to help you in the early stages of trying to um, become more self-aware of, of these problems because – your ego will take over. You'll get. You'll just go deeper yeah, into your home. What is the opposite to where you want to be? I, I actually did this the other day with with a client. Is like took them on a journey of what the opposite looks like. Yeah. Because they were stuck. I said, "Okay, are you happy? No. Okay, well, define happiness. Well, I don't know what that means. I said, "Well, what's the opposite? What you fucking do right now?" And we started talking about it. And then they started to smile. And then they started their shoulders dropped. They started to feel different. I said, "Oh fuck, you look you look and smell like you're happy now." I said, "So let's go there, and let's do that every day." And because it, it it is a it is a choice, right? Um, so so Matt, going back before you were rudely interrupted, uh, what is your emotional state? I didn't interrupt you, did I? And 
you know, you said you struggled in the past. How do you feel you are now with dealing with uh, situations? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> is he here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought no, it was Justin. I mean, Paging uh, magic map. <laughs> Paging. I think that's a never-ending like, scale. I mean, I think you'll... you'll no, what's his emotional home first? What's your emotional home? I don't get interrupted. <laughs> well, just, just don't get framed where you're, where, you're, where you're playing from. Yeah, no, no, I, I understand why. Um, it's frustration, generally. Um, it's either frustration or can... So I, knew you, I knew you were like me. Yeah, I am, in some ways. And then other, in other ways... Uh, well, you wear black, you're not black. Yeah, yeah I wear a lot of black. You, you are not quite black. Um, <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> I don't think any human is actually fucking black anyway. Well, it's a few. Um, <laughs> I probably – well, I also come I – can, I can get into a fear space as well, but largely it would be frustration would be my main, my main you know, place that I come from. And how do you, um, how do you, how do you deal with frustration? Um, again, as quickly as I can, come back and, and just rethink it and, and try and – look at the opposite of it or why is it a good thing that it's there? What can I learn from it in the future or what can I do now to change it? See, for a while, for a while there, I didn't exercise. I ate badly. So I, you know, I didn't sleep. So I, you know, I dealt with frustration in a very, very different way to what I deal with now. Sure. I mean, all those things are help you. Right. So I would say if I'm on a sliding scale of just continually improving my, let's call it emotional fitness and then, if I'm at a particular level, but then I go and eat poorly and don't sleep for two weeks and all that, though I'm not going to, I'm not going to operate at the same level as what I potentially could. So, so how, how, um, how do you kind of process it now? How do you go through it? So you get frustrated, you're feeling the frustration, shit's fucking going all haywire. Yeah, you have to download my ebook <laughs> on frustration. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a set process that I work through at this point. Um, yeah. Oh, we'll get one for you. <laughs> oh, it's checks in the mail. Um, there's, one, there's a course on Udemy. <laughs> all right, come on. How do I process it? Yeah, how do you go through it? Yeah, you've got to have some sort of structure these days. I mean, you're not as bad as what you have been. No, I, <laughs> I'm not as bad as what I have been. And of course, well, look, so I don't, what do you do, what do, you I, do I don't say, I don't think I'm bad. I mean, I think I, I think I'm in a process of continually learning to be better and better and having more awareness. What, what tools are you using now to help you? I don't you? use a specific tool. As I said, I'll, I'll stop and I'll stop and reflect. Um, if you're talking about like other tools as such, like, um, to help me be more aware, more calm, more relaxed than those things will obviously... Are you meditating daily? There's, there's meditation, there's journaling. If you look, if you're talking about that sort of practical level, yeah, these tools help me. So definitely I meditate daily. Um, well, share, I mean, they're all, I think, um, um, powerful, but I guess I'll go like similar question with Conrad. Give me an experience recently where either reframing um, or looking at it from a different lens, a particular problem or situation that was causing you frustration or suffering... Tell it, share with me an experience. It was kind of like a light bulb of when you looked at it from the polarity end, where it was like, "Oh, holy shit! I never saw it that way." Oh, it, I don't. It doesn't usually. Holy shit! I never saw it that way. Because I, I think I always tend to know. So, but I'll use an example. Um, I hope, you, I hope you use the example I want you to use. <laughs> 
I don't know what example you're talking about. I'm using one from yesterday. Um, so I was talking about one from last time, but anyway. Oh, oh, it's all right. I'm going. I'm. I'll probably proceed with my own. <laughs> just, just in case you would like to preload your Pentium One Eight Six program in here, or is it Commodore Sixty Four? Um, pl- please get out the five and a half inch floppy disk what, what and, and Pentiums. Pl- but anyway, keep going. I'm not sure, but they'll come back in to be retro soon because everything else is. You know, you can buy a Commodore Sixty Four keyboard with games Stop like dissolving the, the tension school. here well, so oh, no I was trying to actually get out of story what, what happened yesterday no Sunday night I just had a, had a rough night couldn't sleep I tried to meditate I was just just wasn't working for me had a rough night I uh, woke up and I I gave the kids a bit of a spray in the morning they were being painful but I, I wasn't <laughs> in a good state so I gave them a bit of a spray got to work had a few other things going on and I was like you know I, and I got to the point that I was just like oh everything's pissing me off. I was just in that frame that whatever, whatever came towards me was just going to piss me off. Um, and I was, I was frustrated by it actually. And you want to talk super practical. I, I went and grabbed a coffee. I grabbed a notepad. I went down to the park up the road and I sat down and I journaled on it. I journaled on what was pissing me off. And then I journaled on the, you know, all the opportunity to learn from it and, and reframing all those things, which I already knew those answers to. It's just the current state that I'd gotten myself into um, I was frustrated with the business, what was going on, how, you know, actions I was taking, what the response was from that. And I, I went and reset it. So I went, I took a pen, a pad, went down, sat under a tree uh, on a little table there on some grass. Did you take you didn't did, take did you my shoes off. Oh, I'll do it next time. <laughs> but that would have been a nice. And smoke the grass. Yeah. <laughs> um, that too. But no, look at that, that labeled me. I was that helped me enabled me sorry to it didn't pull me right out because yesterday was a you know I dipped into a bit of a state and it was a painful but it, it moved me back into a, a forward facing direction and and just got me to to reframe where I was so um that in a super practical term, it sounds silly right but grabbing no, a pen grabbing no. some paper and that's writing tactile, something man. Down it's not silly is and it's it, it was obvious and it was obvious that's what I had to do and I, I went and did it so I think that that's awesome. Thanks for sharing because, um, you know, I think these emotional states for some people might last, yeah, a microsecond or they might last two or three days or weeks, right? Um, and or decades for some. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. It does. And the suffering will continue to sit with you if you don't choose to acknowledge it because, I mean, that sounds like a process, same again, and it's like what I've been practicing as well is you've got to acknowledge what's going on first because you can't move forward from it um and you know going deep into yourself to acknowledge why is this making me feel x y and z um will help you to move forward and or change the meaning if you choose to or you know move forward on the required action to to step out of it um because you can try to, I think sometimes the reframing in this question could be used as a band-aid to a solution, which is the negative idea of positive thinking, which is you just kind of like, <laughs> everything's great. And you say that with a tear in your eye because the inside of you is in turmoil and you're really suffer- suffering. Um, and where that's part sometimes the wrong way to go about, I wouldn't say the wrong way, but it's a bandaid acknowledging that it's a bandaid. So by cultivating true self-awareness, by acknowledging those emotions and taking that time, whatever your process happens to be. Isn't that really interesting? Sorry to just cut you off, but that, that point. So there's a few situations recently where we've seen someone come in and literally go, you know what? I'm feeling really good today. And, and, they in many ways believed it. 
like, and they'd got themselves to a point at that, I need to ask a couple of questions and it like completely crumbles, right? And and I think that's the that challenge with the and the and the depth and the stairs as you talk about Conrad, like the like they're they're obviously playing on the first couple of steps. And they've got themselves, oh, I'm feeling good. They might know. be on the highest step. They just haven't done the work. Well, maybe not at that point, but they've just I'm – not, I'm not saying over time per se, but I'm saying at that particular moment, they've managed to convince themselves they were great, only to be completely crumbled down by one or two questions that – you know, if you're that's well, that's that's foundational, right? That's why that's, you. That's yeah, what I mean. The foundation, yeah, the foundation is too shaky, not deep enough. So therefore, you ask them a couple of questions, and they fall over in a rabbit hole. Well, I guess that's supporting the idea of emotional fitness. You know, the the fitness is not there. You know, they haven't done the the work um, to 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 work on um, their emotion emotions of what's going when, on. When people when people react as opposed to respond, you know, the work hasn't been done. Okay, the, the, the people that choose to respond have done some level of work on themselves to understand that taking the time to consider where they come from, you know, i.e. Which, which, which one of those six basic human needs are being triggered and why is it being triggered, um, you know, that's, that's responsible. Well, sorry. Sorry, you speak of uh, work. Where would someone, someone start who wants to do the work? It depend, I mean, it depends on people's desire of uh, of comfort or the ability of being comfortable. I mean, mate, I'm, I'll turn around to, to say, you know, you, you could reach out to a Tony Robbins course or you can hit up some of these personal development courses. Um, but connect connect with things that are outside of your comfort zone, whether it be reading, watching, um, and surrounding yourself with those types of people. What about even just simply acknowledging that you could be um – you know, you you could be suffering, and you are in an emotion. You're in your an emotional home. That I mean, it's kind of yeah, alcohol's I mean, anonymous one hundred and one. You've got to acknowledge there's a yeah, problem. But, first. But, but exactly what I say. How do you get out of it? Yeah, you you've, you've got to admit that you've got an issue, um, and you don't like where you're at. And and when I take you back to that moment where that concrete truck blew up, I physically sat there and said, I don't like where I'm at. We took ownership. Yeah, accept responsibility. Yeah. You know, and that's and you know, acceptance is a massive part of self awareness. Um, you can't be aware without I think, accepting. I think one of the biggest parts. Yeah. You've um, talked about that story quite a lot of times just to um, change tact a little bit. Well, the driver, is it, did he make it? <laughs> can I, can <laughs> I tell you, that, <laughs> that concrete truck wasn't insured either. It was on this building site and so they got shut down. It was really, really interesting, like the whole thing. That's why it took us a long time to get the car fixed is that the insurance company didn't come through and it was a big, uh, a big property group that had to put in the bill. You know, half. So was anyone injured? No, no. I mean, and it, it was it was amazing how nobody was injured. If you ever looked at it, like seriously, the car looked like it was shot at by like in a Bonnie and Clyde movie, uh, bullet holes by the blue metal right right on one side of the car, and then the front part of my house it was was pretty much all broken because of of the concrete blue metal. It was ridiculous because all the the all the the fencing was down. And the, the funny thing was, right, guys. I mean, that day. That day, that morning, I got off the phone to my ex-girlfriend at the time and she was in Sydney and I'd, I'd pretty much broken down um, and she was saying, you know, I, can, I, I know what needs to happen to help you, but I can't, I'm not going to do it. Um, I was going to go to work to pick up some files and come back and I didn't need to come back to my fucking house. It's crazy how this shit happens. I did not need to come back to my house. I came back to get a wallet, which I didn't need because I was just going to go back, I was going to the office and come back home. Uh, and the time that the, the the explosion took place, I'd gone to the furthest 
part of my – I don't have a big house, but the furthest part of the house that I've, I've got that's away from where the impact was, that's where I was at. Um, you know, so if you look at that, that was just crazy. Crazy. So the drive was fine. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> Your uh, for anyone the, that was wondering, the mystery has been solved. <laughs> you shared the story a lot. You keep talking about if you were anywhere a, near I, it, I, someone I, would. Um, I can't remember if I did see the story before. Oh, at least yeah, a three few times. times. Yeah, a few oh, times. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. No, I'm just curious. I was wondering well, what happened to him. Re, re, that's that's, re, that's re, where I remember her. using that phrase. I mean, yeah. physically. Well, look, I think the, think the business doesn't exist anymore. There you go. You know, th- thanks for sharing uh, your stories there. And I think, um, Matt, kind of what you mentioned uh, before is is all too common. A lot of people will put on a on a facade or a Band-Aid of, of how well things are, are going. Um, and I think in today's world, if a lot of people could start even to have some awareness or education around, you know, emotions and how they're caused and what's going on and, and everyone attempted to, to reframe some of these things, um, the world would be a very uh, different place. And it, it's, in my experience, it's been really powerful uh, and, yeah, it's quite empowering to to know that regardless of any situation, you always have a choice. You have a choice to take action or a, cho- or a choice to change the way that you think about it um, and or feel about it. And you will always have um, that, that choice. Um, if you stay in the victim, uh, mindset, you know, it's not going to serve you in the, in the long run. Two, two, two things Tony suggests you try to do to change your orientation is ask yourself the question, how can I assign a positive meaning to this event instead of letting the negative feelings linger? Um, and understand that you have the power to shift your mindset and improve your life because life is happening for you, not to you. So it's, it's understanding you have the power. So take the power back Ask yourself the question from a, the, your most powerful creative state and and allow yourself to speak to you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, take take the – you have to take the responsibility. Acknowledge you've got a you've got an issue. Uh, well, not an issue. Everyone's got issues. Well, we've all got issues, um, a lot of them, clearly. And um, and find your process or methodology to, to work through it and just keep practicing. And I think um, that's also one of the biggest things is, like, find opportunities to practice uh, these and find people around you who are practicing similar things because if you're the only one doing it, it's going to be really difficult uh, if the environment and the proximity you're around are in the victim mindset because it takes a lot of willpower to stay the course. And I guess that comes back to, to the vision piece. Um, and one thing that we haven't touched on that I'd just like to add is, is when you're feeling a bit frustrated or angry or whatever about a situation, um, and Tony suggests to do this as well, is, is go to a place of gratitude and, and a place of, of appreciation. Like, what am I grateful for in my life right now? What can I be, you know, appreciative for? Um, even the situation, which is the positive spin uh, on the situation, but really feeling it. And so, I mean, Tony Robbins shares going into a bit of a heart meditation uh, as well. But, you know, we've learned this through other teachings and premises that if you can feel the emotion now in this, you know, being in this present moment, um, it really dissolves uh, a lot of what what's going on. So learn to practice kind of gratitude. Ask the question, how can I be grateful? But feel it. Don't superficial because on the same token of what you were just sharing, Matt, you know, we've had people around us like, I'm grateful for this. And then in the next sentence, but I'm really f- annoyed and shitty at X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, you're not grateful for that. So 
spend some time. And I think Conrad, you're a big advocate of this, of, of the depth, like go deep into the gratitude, go deep into the emotion of anger, go really sit with it and, um, uh, acknowledge it. But the power of that cannot be, um, forgotten about. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's something crazy, something I've been practicing, continue to practice. I'm truly grateful to be around the proximity of, of great guys and gals who uh, pull me out of my shit to remind me of this stuff. Um, and yeah, learn to look to take the power back. So thanks for sharing today, guys. Uh, reframing is really powerful. Listen to the episode. Let us know if there's any been moments in your life that you've reframed that other people could find as a benefit. The fact that, you know, there are people out there with cancer who are happy and um, full of gratitude yeah, and Christy joy. Cr- yeah. Crazy, sexy cancer. Crazy, sexy cancer. That, that woman is unbelievable. And if, like, if you can't take anything uh, away from that, definitely take some stock on, yeah. on your life. Like, um, just crazy. So, yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. See you later. Peace. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that episode of How to Master Your Emotions. We would love you to like, click, subscribe, share, uh, and obviously keep listening. Thanks for that. Bye for now.